Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloane. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. I wish I could be like one of those TV producers or like, you know how like on TV shows they hold up their hands and they're like, five, four, three, and then like the two and the one are silent. Yeah. Well, like it's audio, so there's no like, go. Yeah. You kind of just like, all right, push the button and it's like, all right, we're we're going. Right? (laughs) (laughs) So welcome to episode 123 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod. I'm Marissa Meyer Book Club Podcast, where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you very much. It is also brought to you by the wonderful and talented people of the Diaberville, uh, Diaberville, Mississippi Power and Electric Company. Thank you very much for all your hard work. I have internet. I have electricity. I'm very grateful. Um, Please welcome back Jen from, is it Books and Bones Podcast? Because the name changed, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Good. So it used to be, was it Naked Bones? Yeah. 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 So, we just so how are you? You haven't been on the podcast in like a, a year? year, I think. A year, a yeah. year and a half? I think you came on for an episode of Cress, which was a long time ago. Yeah, that was like two, like a book and a half ago, I guess. Or right? like a book ago. Like a oh, book wow. ago, yeah. It doesn't even like, see like, like it seems way longer. <laughs> yeah. But like it was only last year, so um no I've been good just you know keeping busy trying to read but you know sometimes I don't have a motivation to read and yeah (laughs) yeah sometimes I have the motivation to do so many things and sometimes I accomplish absolutely nothing you know same yeah I totally get that a couple weeks ago I was in like an accomplishing mood and I wrote like 40,000 words in like three days and then today, I'm like, I took a shower, I brushed my teeth, I'm recording with you. Like, those are the three accomplishments that I'm very proud of right now. Because <laughs> I was just like, not in the mood to accomplish anything. So at least I did that. <laughs> I found the weather kind of has something to like, do with that. Because right now I'm just like, I waited for my Starbucks because I just needed a little extra boost today. And yes. I'm a, I'm feeling a little bit better, but I don't know. Today's going to be a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, so, like, most of the time, I'm usually a pretty, like, go-getter type person. I work really hard. I'm very big on, like, you know, maxim- maximum effort kind of thing. But, like, sometimes I just – I don't want to do anything, mm-hmm. you know? And those are the days where I feel like I have to really, really, really push myself to accomplish things. Those are the days where I'm like, you know, two coffees isn't enough. Maybe we should have like five. <laughs> how, many, how many shots of espresso is excessive? Like, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, let's play a game. How, let's play a how, game. How fast is my heart going to race today? <laughs> right. If you pre-order Gilded, which is coming out November 2nd, you will get a uh, like a little bookmark, a golden bookmark, if you submit your pre-order receipt to Fierce Reads. There's a link on my profile on Instagram, on Marissa's profile on Instagram, 
And if you don't have social media, you can just go to fiercereads.com slash gilded and uh, you'll get a, a golden plated bookmark for free. And then you'll also get two additional pre-order gifts, but they haven't been revealed yet. They're surprises. So lots of good stuff to look forward to with Gilded. I completely, I knew that there was a new book coming out and I, yeah, I totally forgot that she was coming out with another book. She actually has two new books coming out. Um, oh, wow. There's another one called Serendipity. And sorry, that's that's my husband's text message. My husband's texting me, and that's his. That's what happens when he texts me. Is it plays Selena Gomez, which should surprise no one listening to this podcast. Um. So, oh, the other book she has coming out is called Serendipity, and it um, it's like a an anthology. With oh, cool. several other authors, and it's all short stories, and they're all like short love stories, and they're um, uh, like all tropes. They're all trope oh. stories, which is fun, I think. Like so there's cool. a one bed trope, and a lockdown trope, and a fake relationship, and a secret admirer, and a matchmaker. Like it's so great, and there's tons and tons of really good authors on there. Um, like Anna Marie McClure, Marissa Meyer, Sandaya Manon, Julie Murphy, just <laughs> so many wonderful people. Super exciting. And that one comes out January 4th, 2022. So we have a while for that one. As if I need more books to buy, but I'm going to buy I know, but anyway. with Marissa, I always buy it. So <laughs> it's just expected. <laughs> yeah. So there's all that. What are you reading right now? Are you reading anything good that you want to share? Uh, nothing too exciting. I just started reading. Um, I'm kind, I feel like I'm behind in like summer reads. So I was reading. Uh, what is it? We're on vacation. No, not we're on vacation. Beach read. I was reading. Oh, fine. Yeah. So I'm like. Because I actually didn't read um, pretty much all summer. I was just kind of feeling like – I don't know if anyone else felt like this, but like um, last year was like a good year of reading. And then this year I was still pretty okay. And then come summer I was like, I can't even think about opening a book right now. It was, <laughs> it was so weird. And I'm like, I want to read all these books. I had them all lined up, but I didn't – really open a book other than the beach reads one um i think it was beach reads i can picture it i'm pretty sure it's beach reads i have it on my ipod um ipad but yeah i was listening to books though if that counts is it by emily henry beach read yeah it's like a yellow cover with uh with people on it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, with a girl on a towel and a guy on a bench, yeah. it looks like. Yeah. It's cute. So I was like, I guess they're reading cute. this. Also, everyone, I seen on Instagram that ever, almost everyone was like reading it. So I'm like, okay, well, I have to read it now. Right? I'm finally getting around to listening to the Bloodlines series, which is a, um, like a, like a spinoff series from Vampire Academy by Rochelle Mead. And I... Surprise! I was surprised by how much I adored the Vampire Academy series. Um, yeah. I don't know how Twilight got a franchise in that series didn't because it was way better. Uh, but I finally <laughs> get around to Bloodlines. So I'm like listening to the first book right now. And then 
Um, I think there's six of those. So that's probably what I'll be working on when I actually have time to read or listen. Because as you and I talked about before we started recording, I am officially starting my thesis semester. Mm -hmm. So I basically just alternate between writing and wanting to cry. (laughs) And then thinking like, why did I pick a topic? Why did I, you know, so much research involved. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. But the series is really good. I'm super excited that it's getting turned into a television show because it deserves it. About um, time. Gosh, I was so surprised. Like I, right? I she, she <laughs> I agrees. <laughs> I avoided it for the longest time because I was like Vampire Academy. Okay, like the name doesn't do the series justice. And I, Amanda from Fictional Hangover podcast was like personally insulted that I had not read the series and I was like okay I respect you I I value your opinion I will I will read this book and I buzzed through all of them in like two weeks oh my Um, gosh now I'm finally getting around to the bloodlines series which is also very good so far so yay that's awesome I think I I heard about the series i haven't read it but now i'm kind of like okay maybe i'll add that to my list so good it's so good and they're such like quick easy reads like it's amazing like that author in general is amazing because i loved her glittering court series Mm -hmm. Um, it's amazing and you know sometimes i feel like with books they get like a bad stigma just because of a name like you know i saw the name vampire academy and was like I have no desire to read that, but um, as many of you, as many of my listeners know, I'm Romanian and the books are extremely accurate in terms of using like what is legitimate vampire folklore, like Sregoi and Moroi and Dampir and uh, using like correct terminology and using accurate information based on our actual like cultural tales and superstitions as opposed to just like. Dracula, you know, like the stereotypical stuff. Yeah. And so like that was big for me. I was really enjoying that. Like I remember talking to my mom and being like, Mom, I'm reading this book and it it has the word Stregoi in it. And she's like, What? I was like, it's about vampires and they actually call them Stregoi. And she was like, That's amazing. I was like, I'm like speechless right now. Like, I'm so excited that there's like an accuracy to it. Like it makes me so happy. <laughs> Which I know That's it's kind so of silly, awesome. but like I know it's kind of silly, but like, I feel like the concept of vampires is so different here in the States than it is like in Romania, like to, okay. To paint a picture for everyone, two weeks ago, I got an email from someone in my family, uh, an article about, uh, a very small town just outside of Transylvania, uh, who had 16 people who were arrested for uh, grave robbery because, they dug up a man who had died because his family refused to properly bury him. So they dug him up. They removed his heart. They followed the proper procedure and then they reburied him, which is illegal. But their defense was everyone was like saying, well, vampires aren't real and blah, 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 blah. And their defense was if we're wrong, all we did was put him back in the earth. If we're right, you're welcome. <laughs> Those stereotypes about (laughs) Romania and vampires are there for a reason, okay? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> that shit is real time. <laughs> I, don't, I hope nobody listening is like, what is she going on about? Like, no, that stuff is real. Okay. <laughs> my my grandmother carried a locket filled with garlic her whole life right around her neck. I have one myself. I don't wear it, but she might roll over in her grave if she knew that. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, or maybe I'll cut all this out because in four weeks I'll decide it doesn't matter. You're like, no, I don't need to Who tell knows? people that anymore. <laughs> it's a, it's one of those things where I get some people that are like, isn't that a stereotype about Romania? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, but it's a stereotype. I'm like, do you have any idea where stereotypes come from? Like, <laughs> there's some level of truth to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now that we've talked about absolutely nothing for the past 12 minutes. Um, <laughs> My kind of podcast. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I am so out of it from like packing all my stuff in the middle of the night and driving to my parents' house and then like sleeping on their couch for four days and then like trying to drive back here through road closures and more storms and then like getting electricity on. And ugh, I am just like. Beat. Oh, you've had a week. Uh, I know. And you know what? I'm really, I'm really grateful because I actually didn't, I didn't suffer. Um, I had, I had somewhere safe I could go and I do have electricity and internet again. And uh, my home is uh, secure. And so are my, my family members are all happy and safe and healthy and uninjured. So I didn't suffer nearly as bad as a very large portion of people in Louisiana did. So I, Try not to complain too much, but you know what? I'm a human and I do it. I do complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're allowed to. <laughs> right? It's hard not to sometimes. And then you just have to, you know, you have to get it out and then move on. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on with some amazing fan art from yeah. ARZ28 on Instagram. Both of these fan arts today are featuring chapter 13, which I'm really excited about because I love when we get something specific to a chapter. So this is Jason (laughs) and Winter distributing her little embroidery blankets and getting flowers in the in Artemisia Outer Sectors. And I love it so much. It's so cute. I love that Jason's hair is long and in a ponytail. Thank you. That's what the books (laughs) say. So I'm really excited about that. I love his little guard uniform. <laughs> it's so cute. I love the like things on his shoulders. Like I think those really make it for me. Mm-hmm. And her dress is so pretty. It's like shining. It's glowing like she's winter. Like she's snow. I love it. Oh, when she gets all excited and he tells her about snow. Hmm. And she's oh, got little twiggy yeah. in her hair. Oh. She's so cute. She is. My next one is from EERN Arts, also on Instagram. Uh, this is a similar scene from this chapter. It's when he says that he's not going to, I'm not saying these things and looking at you at the same time, so keep up. <laughs> I love it. The only thing I don't like is his hair. Um, Jason would never have messy hair in his uniform. Sorry, guys. It's just not going to happen. He's, he's too proper. Kind. Yeah. Yeah. But I love her outfit and her expression. I love that it's an actual scene where you can see her like chasing after him and he's like, come on. Oh, I love it so much. (laughs) Cute little hearts around the text. 
I know so many great fan artists out there and I feel so lucky to be able to share their work. So <laughs> big thank you for letting me share and you can submit any artwork that you have to princekaifanpod at gmail.com. Last week, Patreon members got to vote for chapter titles. Chapter 10 is There's Nothing Holding Me Back by Sean Mendez. And chapter 11 is Emperor's New Clothes by Panic at the Disco. And Very that's fitting. it, kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, time for chapter discussion. This first chapter, really not a lot happens, you guys. I mean, we'll talk about it, but basically Thorne takes Kai home. Yeah. <laughs> And the, yeah. So last week we left off with uh, the new Beijing palace was under attack and the Rampian crew decided it was finally time to take Kai home. And that's what we're doing. Thorne is flying Kai back to Earth. And um, mostly they have like a cute little conversation and that's it. I do, I do love some of the moments in their conversation. I absolutely love the did she really call herself my girlfriend and then later he's like and my girlfriend like "Ah, yeah she's your girlfriend (laughs) duh like Like, come on man (laughs) remember when you're a kid and you when you're young and you don't know uh how to ask that question of like are we like exclusive i remember uh doing like writing notes or uh, I think it was in grade six and I liked this guy and he liked me and everyone's like, you guys like each other. And we both wrote a note asking like, are you my boyfriend? Are you my girlfriend? <laughs> it was so funny. I love it. <laughs> and then we would always sit beside each other in whenever we would have like floor time or, or like we would sit on the floor for like a lesson or something. We'd always sit beside each other. Yeah. I remember when I asked my husband if we were exclusive, (laughs) I asked him, I had one, there was, I hadn't never asked him before. And someone had asked me if I had a boyfriend. I was like, yeah. And then it occurred to me that I didn't have that clarification. He was just there. I told him, (laughs) I remember I asked him about it and he's like, I have a key to your apartment. I was like, I know. And he was like, why on earth would I not be your boyfriend and have a key to your apartment? Like I just had dinner with your parents two weeks ago. And I'm like, I was just asking. And he was like, I feel like you're you're old enough. You shouldn't have to ask, are we going steady? And I was like, well, are we or aren't we? Like, <laughs> just answer the question. You know, my husband is kind of like Jason. <laughs> he just he makes certain assumptions. Uh, it's the same when we got married. He assumed I knew we were getting married. I did not know we were getting married. Uh he his first quote proposal was i told him i was looking at a new apartment and uh we had never ever talked about moving in together or getting married ever mm-hmm. cannot stress that enough that it had never come up before not even as a joke and he was like i'll go with you to look at your apartment and i was like oh cool and he was like hey do people move in together before they get married or after and i said oh some people do it after and he goes cool and then the very next morning he told his parents we were engaged what? <laughs> and I had no clue what was happening. And he was like, why don't, and when I asked him about it, he's like, why don't you want to marry me? And I was like, it's not that I don't want to marry you. It's that I didn't know I was marrying you. And I feel like I should have been included in that decision. <laughs> he was like, so you don't want to marry me? No, I, I do want to marry you. Well, then we're engaged. Duh. If I want to marry you and you want to marry me, then we're engaged. And I was like, there's oh a whole God. process you have to do. Like, <laughs> 
You gotta ask like, me first. I'm, I don't care if you get on one knee or give me a ring or anything, but I you had you need my permission to marry me. You can't. That's so funny. That's like me and my my partner right now. That would mean we're engaged then. Because <laughs> as, as as far as my husband is concerned, <laughs> if you want to get married, you're engaged. You don't need a proposal. You don't need a ring. You don't need a date. If you love each other, you're dating. And if you want to get married, you're engaged. Period. That's so funny. <laughs> that's just how that's like his way of looking at things i guess i don't know but I, he he would be like jason where she's like where winter's like how do you feel about me and he's like uh-uh you know how i feel about you don't don't start this like <laughs> like but no really i i want to know <laughs> i want to hear it out loud <laughs> say, it, say it for me please i just love that Kai's first reaction is, does she really call herself my girlfriend? And then later, Thorne is like, your girlfriend. And he's like, and my girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, she's your girlfriend. You guys are so cute. Just say it out loud. Embrace it. Right? Uh, What else would she... Why are you kissing her and telling her you're going to miss her and stuff if she's not your girlfriend? Yeah, exactly. And he said he fell for her. Like, two chapters ago, he said that he fell for her. He fell for one of his captors. His one of one of his captors, like, yeah. Of why wouldn't he call her his girlfriend? Come on, like, come what on. I love is that like Wolf and Scarlet have never had a boyfriend girlfriend conversation either. But like, we all know. Oh, there's like know, an actually. unwritten thing about it. I think. I think they're obviously. They're very passionate. Boyfriend girlfriend doesn't describe what they have. Like it's bigger than that. Yeah. Bigger than boyfriend girlfriend. It's like it goes outside of titles. It's bigger than boyfriend girlfriend husband wife partners. Like it's bigger than that. Whatever they have is like a like a soulmate thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a level of devotion we all desire. Passionate. (laughs) Exactly. Kai is uh, doing things. Hello, dog. Yes. Hello. My dog says hi. Oh, hello. He just jumped. He just jumped on my lap. Anyways, about forty pounds. So, okay, I guess we're just sitting together. So, um, (laughs) basically, there's a lot of conversation back and forth between. Thorn and Kai that's kind of just like witty banter and it really reminds me of like the way Cinder and Scarlet talk to each other when they were on the Rampion how it's kind of like a conversation but it's also like filled with snark and sarcasm but in a, mm-hmm. a good way yeah I can see that yeah yeah I love the part where Thorne is like admiring Cress for her like cyber hacking abilities I think it's so cute and I love that Kai has picked up on on the little sparks between Chris and Thorn. That Kai is like, I'm gonna ask him about Chris and just see what he ha- see what he does. And then he's like, That's mm-hmm. what I thought. Like, it's I so cute and like, it's adorable. I just love, I just love that Thorn just like kind of you know he he he's not. I don't see him as like that macho man that he first came across in Cress, like yeah. in the other book. He's kind of like toned down a bit, but like it's still there when he talks sometimes. I like that he's like macho, but not toxic. 
Yeah. Like I remember um I remember the scene in Scarlet when Cinder and Thorn go into the shop to try and get a part for the Ranthian. And one of the big wolf guys is in there. And Thorn is like, dude, that guy was scary AF. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and I remember being like, wow, you know, surface level, you'd think that Thorn would be like, I'm not afraid of anybody. But Thorn is straight up like, dude, that guy is scary. Let's go. This is like, not I a safe want- space anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want any part of this. Like, I look yeah. tough, but I don't want to be involved in this at all. Right, like, I look tough, but I'm a pretty boy. Let's not mess up the hair. (laughs) Or my face. (laughs) Right, that's the (laughs) moneymaker. Kai does something very unexpected, I think. He pardons Carswell Thorne for his crimes against the Commonwealth. Right. Yes. What? And then... Wasn't he like, well, well, it's not official, official, but like, we'll see when we get down there or whatever. Like if we both live. Yeah. Just we'll let's survive. Just then fine. <laughs> if we do survive, well, you're welcome. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought that was really nice. It was really nice. And the only thing he said was you have to give back the ship. Yeah. You have to give up the Rampion, which Thorne is very upset about. But what's he going to do with it? You know, it's not his. Yeah, exactly. It technically isn't his. So, well, more than technically. In no sense is it his. He stole it. It doesn't belong to him. He doesn't have the title. (laughs) I want to read a quick paragraph from the book so we can talk about uh, how... Thorne has, like, some huge character growth uh, throughout the series. But right now, especially when Kai says that you can't expect uh, your crew to stay on with a stolen ship. He goes, my crew? Let me tell you what's going to become of my crew when this is over. Cinder will be ruling monarch. Will be the ruling monarch of a big rock in the sky. Aiko will go wherever Cinder goes. So let's assume she becomes the queen's hairdresser or something. You, you, are you a part of the crew? Doesn't matter. We both know where you're going to end up. And once we get Scarlet back, she and Wolf are going to retire to some farm in France and have a litter of baby wolf cubs. That's what's going to become of my crew when this is all over. Yeah. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. The fact that Thorne has taken the time to think about how the future lives of his crew is going to play out it, that's huge character growth. I know it might not seem like it. It might seem very simple, but like this is a man who only thinks of himself. Yeah. He's only ever thought of himself. He abandoned several fellow men and women on an, on a deserted Island in the middle of nowhere. He doesn't <laughs> care about other people. Okay. This is a moment where he's not only does he care about these people, not only does he care about this crew, he's given enough care and thought about them where he knows them well enough that he can understand where their lives are going to end up. Not Yes, we all know that the goal is for Cinder to be on the moon, but he knows that Iko and Cinder are close and that Iko is going to go wherever Cinder goes. Of course. he know, yeah. We all know that like Scarlet and Wolf are endgame, duh. But he also doesn't assume that they're going to go to Luna, even though that's where Wolf is from. He knows mm-hmm. Scarlet. He knows Wolf. He says, you know what? They're probably going to go back to that farm and have a bunch of babies. And he even yeah. talks later about how he thinks that Cress probably wouldn't want to travel 
uh, or work in the palace with Kai because she's been stuck on the satellite her whole life. She probably wants to go see everything that the world has to offer. Yeah. I just felt like that was such big character growth for him. Just a moment where he actually does think about other people. Yeah. And like, um, well, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, well, yeah, because like, obviously, like when the first time you met him, he's just kind of like, oh, well, you guys do whatever you want. Like, I'm going to go off when this is all done or if it's all done if he survives and stuff. And then now he's like, well, everyone's going to leave me and like go off and do their own lives. And he's technically like, he can be included in it, but he kind of just left himself out. Well, at this point in time, if we're, if we're thinking about things, honestly, where do we think Kai or where do we think Thorne is going to end up either back on the run or in jail for one of the many crimes he's, was in jail for before. Yeah. He's set to serve time in three countries. Kai knocked off one, but that's still two other countries that he is supposed to be serving jail time in. So he's either going to go back on the run and without Cress's abilities, I don't know how he's going to stay hidden. Yeah. Or he's going to end up in jail. So or not, not jail, looking- not jail. I guess it would be prison. Right. But yeah. Still- Still not looking too him. Right. Exactly. It's it's a real shame. And Thorne even says he's going to miss all of them. Which, again, makes me sad. Why does he care so much about these people? I never would have expected it. But he does. I feel like it's like everyone started to see him not as just like this selfish person. Like, they, it's like they knew, um, like... I guess that he actually has a heart and feelings and cause he always right. puts up like a thing where he's like, Oh, I don't care, whatever. And it's like, well, you kind of care if you, if you say that. <laughs> yeah. It's uh Oh God, I'm probably going to alienate half my listeners, but <laughs> when people, when people post a picture of themselves and then they say morning hair, don't care or messy hair, don't care or whatever. It's like, yeah. you don't care why you're posting it on the, on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously but, care a little bit. Like, it's stuff like that. Like, you don't want people to think you care, but you do. It's, it's hard. Like his, you wanna, his, you, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I completely agree. It's like a, you don't, you don't want to openly admit that you care. Yeah. Cause he, he's like this tough guy or like, he looks like this really, he's this handsome, tough guy. And nothing, like, nothing bothers him. He's a lone wolf. Yeah. Do you watch Friends? I do. What's a lone wolf got to do to get a hug around here? <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. <laughs> that should have been my quote for him. <laughs> I will insert an audio clip for the listeners on that one. <laughs> it's good for me. You know, I, I like being on my own. I'm, uh, I'm better off this way. I'm uh, a lone wolf. Alone. Alone. All alone. (laughs) Forever. What's a wolf got to do to get a hug around here? 
And so that's basically the end of the chapter. The only other thing that happens is uh, Thorn has a very nonchalant attitude for Cress that is also his tell. It tells Mm -hmm. Kai that he definitely has feelings for Cress because he has no problem flirting and making innuendos about every other girl in the world. Even He even did it with Scarlet when Wolf was there. And uh, no, no issues with that whatsoever. But Cress, never. Never with Cress. No. So what was your chapter title for this one? Um, what was my chapter title? Um, oh, oh, I thought that was my dog for a second. She seemed behind oh, me. Okay. Thank you, Zencaster. Okay. Now your <laughs> chapter title. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my gosh. Where did I put it? Yeah. Where the heck did I put it? Oh, All these it things okay. that I've done by the killers. Yeah. Um, I don't even song. know if it fits with it so though, but I like the lyrics of it. I think it all that I I'm pretty sure it's like I don't know. I think the the vibe of the song feel you know matches the tone of the episode or like the chapter. So that is mine. Yeah, and it talks about like the cold hearted boy he used to be, and now we've seen that Thorn is developing um, a, a sense of empathy for other people. We also yeah. talk that, um, one of my favorite parts of that song is the repeated I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that Thorn is very passionate about what he believes in. Um, but obviously he was not a good soldier because he went AWOL, which is literally the worst thing you could ever do. Um, <laughs> it is something I think my husband will never forgive his character for. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, my husband can hold a pretty big grudge. Umbridge? He yeah. won't even watch the fifth movie because he just hates Umbridge so much. Oh, like, my God. This boy will yeah. straight up hold a grudge. I'm not kidding. Like, so as much, I think every time he starts to like Thorn in the books a little bit, he's like, yeah, but he deserted the military, so no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting here nodding his head at me. So no, but there's he has no, a heart there's, of gold. There's, there's no redemption for Thorn. <laughs> no, okay. There's no. He says no. There's no redemption. For okay, Thorn. that's fair. But I, I just love that. I love that line of "I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier." And then the refrain of the song. It sounds beautiful when they sing it, and they've got the drums, and then the big long note at the end. And um, yeah, I think you picked a good one for that. Nice. Yeah. So I picked Crush by David Archuleta, which shows my age. Cause he basically had that one. He basically had that one song and um no one else knows it. <laughs> but it's an oh, adorable worry. song. No. I know it. <laughs> I love that song. It's um one of my favorite songs. I think it's absolutely adorable. And uh I think it works because of for for two components. One um, Thorn obviously has feelings for Cress, even if he doesn't want to admit them. And uh, two, Kai slowly but finally admitting that Cinder is his girlfriend um, is really sweet. And I love the song, but the lyrics that I think are, are the best are, do you ever think when you're all alone, all that we could be where this thing could go? Am I crazy or falling in love? Is it real or just another crutch? 
Do you catch a breath when I look at you? Are you holding back like the way you do? Because I'm trying to walk away, but I know this crush ain't going away. It's so cute. Oh, you guys, that's such a cute song. I can't. I can't. Uh, seriously, go listen. <laughs> Anyways, um, Patreon members will get to vote for which chapter, uh, which song the chapter will be named after. What was your quote for this one? Um, I really liked um, when they were talking about how, like, Cress had found all this information or whatever, and it said, it took them a week, huh? Cress could have laid out my whole biography within hours. And I think that was when um, – it wasn't – was it, like, the palace or whatever? They were finding information on. Yeah. Was, yeah. On Thorne's background. Um, Thorne, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Cress is, like – in love with him (laughs) (laughs) it's like he's offended what they took it took that long chris would have figured it out like that (laughs) exactly because she's smart i love he's so proud of her i know and see and that's where it's like just you know he's a big he can be a big softy and he just like really likes her just admit it man I know. I love it. Just admit that you love people. Come on. We're all rooting so for quote, you. I know. <laughs> my quote was along the same lines. My quote was, something tells me Crest might like you too against her better judgment. <laughs> like, it's not that hard to be a love, you guys. Just let it happen. I love, like I you love, feel love, it. love, love, <laughs> Wolf and Scarlet in this series because everyone else is like trying so hard to, like, not be the one to put themselves out there. And Wolf and Scarlet are just like, you're my alpha. We met five minutes ago, but I'm devoted to you forever. <laughs> yep, sounds good to me. All right. Like, I like we see later in this chapter with with Scar- uh, with Jason and Winter where Winter's like, how do you feel about me? And Jason's like, uh-uh, not going there. We see Kai in this chapter that we're talking about right now where he's like, oh, is she my girlfriend? We see Thorne like, I don't, I don't have a crush on Chris. Why, why would, why would, why would, why would you think that? What? No, no. But Scarlet and Wolf from the beginning are just like, yep, this is it. This is my one and only. It, it just reminds me of like, um, I guess when you first, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, I love you, I love you. And then uh, I don't know. It's like different emotion. Like everyone goes through it. So it's like all a bunch of different ways that people like will admit and don't want to admit that they really like someone or like they have a crush on someone. So it's like, these are the, these are, it's like us as an adult looking back at what we were like as kids, <laughs> if that makes sense. It's like, um, it's like how they have the five stages of grief. There's like five stages of a crush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they're kind of similar. There's like denial and yeah. acceptance. And <laughs> These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. Next, we're going to talk about Chapter 13, Jason and Winter. We last saw Jason become a part of Winter's Guard 
And he admitted that he cared about her more than he should, Mm -hmm. but that he's her guard. And that's the end of it. And uh, today we see them. They are taking a trip to the outer edges of Artemisia to visit um, the forgotten machine. The, the people that basically run the entire city. Um, and she has taken up embroidering and she embroidered a gift for someone who just had a baby uh, in AR2. So it's really sweet as the two of them are just kind of walking um, and, and being together and actually being together, not just being like the guard and the princess, but like actually enjoying each other's time. And there's like a moment where they nudge each other and, oh, it's mm-hmm. so sweet. It's like a moment where we're finally just waiting for them to happen. Yes. Because again, stop avoiding it. Just just love is not that hard. Just be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah. I want to talk about the overlooked machine of Artemisia. I think it's super cute that she made a blanket for this person who had a baby. Yes. I think it's absolutely adorable. Kudos, Winter. Could she please get a bed to Scarlet? I can't. I know I got a lot of emails that I was too harsh on Winter. And I'm sorry. I got because I was like, okay, Scarlet is literally she doesn't even have like a stack of hay to sleep on. Like she's on the concrete ground. I know. Can't stress it. She's in. Okay. She's in a cage. Let me get on my little soapbox for a minute here. So if you don't want to listen, you can fast forward like 75 seconds. She's in a cage. Where she can't even stand up all the way. She doesn't get baths. She doesn't get clean clothes. She has to pee in a trough. And she gets kibble twice a day. Oh. That's it. So can can Winter embroider her a blanket to sleep on? Something like to snuggle? I mean, Scarlet might not accept it because she's Scarlet. But like the thought would be there. Yeah. Right? I agree. Like yeah, she's she literally off, sleeping like, on the on concrete. Like, and I know people are gonna be like, Bethany, let it go. I can't. She's in a cage. <laughs> even dogs get ke- like beds in their kennels, okay? Yeah. I would I never do. put my dog in a kennel without a bed or a toy or both. Like, uh, it just bothers me. I I yeah, just want more things. You would think that that's she her would pet. Go. That's not how you that's not how you treat your pets. No. I don't even like my like it when my dog sleeps on the floor. I feel bad when my dog sleeps on the floor. I'm like, why are you on the floor? I have a bed and you have dog beds and there's couches everywhere. Like, why are you on the floor? Um, I feel bad she always, there. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's my, my soapbox. I'll get off of it. I just, if she's going to make a blanket for someone, I feel like Scarlet should be at the top of that list. That's all. We're going to have a petition oh, for it. Right. So I want to read um, from page 108 so we can talk about the the hidden workers of Artemisia. The people who dealt with the trash and cooked the food and ensured all the needs of Lunar's aristocracy were met. They were rewarded with lives much more enviable than the laborers in the outer sectors, full stomachs at the least. The only downfall was that they had to live in Artemisia surrounded by the politics and mind games of the city. A good servant was treated like a prized pet, spoiled and fawned over when they were wanted, beaten and discarded when they'd overstayed their usefulness. 
So we've talked before on the podcast about uh, the class system and the hierarchy of Luna. And I feel like this is just a little insight into, you know, just because someone isn't a laborer in a factory working in the mines or some other type of, of, you know, physical exhaustive work doesn't necessarily mean that their life has a halo or a glow. It doesn't mean that it doesn't come without its own central of burdens. And so this is like an, an, it's sort of an insight into, yes, these people live in Artemisia and not on the outer sectors, but they have their own issues to deal with. Yes, they, they're not hungry, which is good. But that doesn't mean that their lives are are sort of perfect or or fond out. Yeah. I mean, they're being, they're like prized as pets. So it's like they're human. I think it's important to acknowledge that it says as prized pets. Because I think there's a difference. Like if you're talking about a pet that is going to get discarded once it's outstayed its usefulness, you're talking about like racehorses and stuff where people are like, oh, it stopped winning races. I don't need it anymore. Or show dogs. I think that's just very different than like if you just have an actual pet. Yeah, because they're only there for like a certain use. And then if they get too worn out. Once they've served their purpose. Yeah. And then that's enough for them, which is so sad. It really is. It really is. And it, 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 it's bothersome because there's, there's really, there's nothing you can do about it. And that's always going to be frustrating when, when you can't change the things that you want to. Yeah. I like the, I like the book cause it like, it almost brings, like, it gives you like almost like that fantasy kind of feel to it, but then there's always something real and semi relatable to like what's going on in like, We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. The real world, I guess. Not to get too, you know, too heavy, but kind of keeps you in check, I guess. Yeah, we talked about that a couple chapters ago about how winter has a very different life than you know scarlet her parents didn't love her or want her or prioritize her yes she had a wonderful grandmother um but her her individual parents didn't uh, didn't value her enough crest was abandoned and on a and tortured on a satellite for a ridiculously long amount of time mm-hmm. uh cinder was burned as a baby and then put in a tube for five years and then sent to a family that treated her just horrendously so bad that they took her flight and um, but winter winter grew up in a palace being called a princess she gets to wear fine dresses she has a maid that helps her get dressed and bathed she has a maid that helps feed her that literally helps Mm -hmm. feed her food um, yeah. And but that doesn't mean that her life is perfect. She's had a different upbringing than these than her her um, cohorts. Mm-hmm. She's never felt the pang of hunger, um, but she has felt lost. Both of her parents are dead, and she has felt neglected because the only person, the only family member that she still has that's alive is Lavana of all people. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. 
she has had a, a more luxurious life on the outside, but that doesn't mean that um, that she hasn't had her own sufferings. And I think that's, it's always a little difficult to deal with. Um, I remember a few years ago, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine. It was me, my husband, and my friend. And we were all sitting there talking about like our childhoods and stuff. And my friend had said that she grew up with nothing. And I remember feeling so bad. Um, and then she told me all these things she had growing up. And I was like, I thought you said you grew up with nothing. You just told me you had an <laughs> Xbox as a kid. <laughs> and she was like, well, yeah, but like my cousins had an Xbox and a PlayStation and a computer. And I'm like, okay, there was a time when I was a kid when we didn't have a home, like when we were literally homeless. Yeah. And she was like, oh, it's because for her, it felt like she didn't have what other people her age did have. So it felt like nothing. For me, I always had something. Maybe I didn't have the nicest clothes, but I had clothes. Maybe I didn't have a lot of food, but most of the time we did have food. Maybe I didn't Mm -hmm. have a home, but we always had somewhere to sleep. We always had shelter in some form. Maybe I didn't have everything, but I had, I was warm, fed, and dry. Those are the three things immigrant families want. Warm, fed, dry, freedom. That's what we care about. And I was raised with that mentality of like, we've got what we need. We're warm. We have food. We're, we're dry. We're not wet. That's a big one. Yeah. And so I remember, I remember having that conversation. And now when I talk to people, um, cause I would never say I had nothing. I had all kinds of stuff as a kid. Um, and it might not have been the best and it might not have been the most expensive or the most luxurious, but I did have lots of stuff. I had the things Mm -hmm. that I needed and I was very grateful for that. I still am. Um, And so I remember now, like when I talk to people and they mention like having a rough childhood, I never assume that I know what they're talking about. I would never be like, oh, me too. Because what if theirs was worse or better? Yeah, exactly. This sort of of perspective that you, your outlook is going to be so different than the world around you. So from the surface, Winter has a fantastic life. She's a princess. Mm-hmm. But if you dig a little deeper, you can see that 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 doesn't that doesn't erase any of the struggles that she's had to deal with or any of the sorrow that's in her life. Yeah, I'm so boxy a lot like, today, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like saying like, um, <laughs> I I don't know if like this might be a bit too, like not on par with it, but like, that's just like saying, um, I'm tired. And then someone else is like, well, you're not tired. You don't know. Yes. It's like, but I'm allowed to be tired. <laughs> I hate that. It drives me nuts. I get so frustrated when I say something and, and people are like, Oh, well, I like, I talked to someone a few months ago, they asked me how school was going. And I said, it was good. I was just a little overwhelmed because I have so much going on. And she was like, I got my master's degree while pregnant. So I feel like you can handle it. And I looked her dead in the face and I was like, good for you. I guess you're better than me. <laughs> what do you expect me to say to that? Yeah. It's like, I'm allowed I don't know to be why. tired. Yeah. <laughs> I work a lot. I actually recently went back to working at the bookshop I used to work at uh, because they're struggling right now and I wanted to help out. So I'm allowed to be tired. I get it if other people have also earned the right to be tired. I think if you're tired, it doesn't matter why you're tired. All that matters is that you deserve some rest. 
Yeah. Like we're, we all like experience different things differently. I don't like, it's so, it's just not fair to put everyone under the same blanket and like, yeah. And it's like, why does not, it have to be a competition yeah. of like, who's the most, who's the most yeah. tired? Oh my who's gosh. Yeah. Like, why does that have to be a competition? I don't understand that. Cause I, I I'll know I have that conversation with people where they have to like, um, one up, one up each other. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I'm always like, why can't we just relate to each other as opposed to, well, I did this. Like, so it's like a I'm community. Take, I took, <laughs> <laughs> my last semester of my bachelor's degree, I had an internship, a part-time job, the podcast, and I took nine classes. My sister Lindsay Ooh. right now is working uh, and taking three classes. And she called me the other day to tell me she was tired. And she was like, I know you probably don't want to hear it because you did so much more. And I'm like, no, girl, be tired. You deserve to be tired. Do you have any idea how much yeah. work you're doing? Like, it doesn't like, matter if someone else did more than you. You have still been working very hard and you're still putting yeah. in. If you're putting all of your effort into something, if you're putting so much of you into something that you don't have enough energy left to be awake then you deserve to take a break and take a rest, Mm -hmm. get a book, take a nap, have a cup of tea, have a margarita. They're delicious. My stepmom makes them and they're fantastic. Like (laughs) (laughs) I just, I totally agree. I feel like it's a a perspective that has everything to do with it. And, you know, you and I talked before about how sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll be like, well, you don't know what, what responsibility is until you have kids or you don't know what tired is until you've done this. And it's like, Maybe, but maybe you're just better than me. That's what I say to people. I just tell them, well, yeah. you're better than me. Like, obviously, you're better than me because, you know, you're a well, I don't know what you're supposed to say to that. I don't know what you're yeah. supposed to say. Like, I don't know what the expected response is, but I always get, like, a glare when I'm like, well, I guess you're better than me. And they look at me like, well, I, I didn't say that. And it's like, what were you trying to say? <laughs> what are- <laughs> like, you're trying to say you're better than me. <laughs> it's like... And it's okay if you're better than me. I think that's great that you're better than me. You should be proud of that. I am. I That yeah. should be my goal. <laughs> we did get a little off topic, but I'm glad that yeah, I'm not did. alone in my thought process. I feel very – I feel in good company. <laughs> I have a bad habit of doing that. I go from one thing and I'm like, whoa, how did we end up over here? My brain understands it. <laughs> it makes sense it's understands still... it, but it doesn't yeah. always translate to other people <laughs> so winter tells jason that she has been harboring a baby blanket that her mom made her that she had her dad had to save it from lavana and it's this uh beautiful white blanket and uh it has uh, little mittens on it, which are kind of like gloves, but with all the fingers mm-hmm. put together, that's cute. Um, but she's kept it a secret from Jason. So here's something I want to talk about. Do we think that she kept it a secret from Jason because she was embarrassed about it? Or do we think this is a plot device and it wouldn't work if Jason knew about the blanket? So Marissa was like, okay, it was a secret. Oh, because oh. I was reading that and I was like, she wouldn't have kept that a secret. No, she wouldn't have. And she wouldn't have oh. been able to keep it a secret. They grew up together. He would have seen that blanket when she was born. Oh, yeah, totally. And so she, obviously she would have told him. Yeah. Right. I think it's a plot device. 
Uh-huh. I'm not upset with it. Writing has, you know, I'm not critiquing her. I was just like, when I read that, I was like, she wouldn't have kept this a secret, Marissa. You could have found another way to mention the the blanket. Yeah, because it's very specific, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. and they did mention the blanket in Ferris. So maybe this is for people who didn't read Ferris. Oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. That's cool to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason tells her about seeing snow when they were on Earth. And she wants to know every detail of snow. I love when she asks what it smells like because I love the smell of snow. And I, for the life of me, cannot describe what it smells like. But I love the smell of it. I love the smell of fresh snow. I can't describe it, but it really is something beautiful. They put that in the right now. I can't even tell you what the smell of – yeah. And I have snow every year, so it's like I don't even – I know. I grew up with snow. I grew up in the Midwest, so I grew up with snow everywhere. And I, for the life of me, I can't tell you what it smells like. I don't understand. I, You know what? The next time you're in your freezer, I want you to shove your head in the ice bucket <laughs> and take a deep breath. It probably smells something like that. I would think so. It's yeah. Like, it's cold, yes, but it, there's something like very crisp and clean about it. Um, yeah, and even now, like I haven't gotten to experience snow because they made us move to Mississippi. But <laughs> even now, like if I watch a movie and they talk about snow, I can like smell it just looking at it. You know? Yeah, I can definitely yeah. feel it. Like I can think about the smell right now, just talking to you about it makes me want to go like play in the snow, and I don't have any. <sighs> I don't want snow yet, so let's not. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. You can come down here and I will come deal with the snow for you. That's fine. I oh, really, man. I honestly, I never thought I would miss it. When we found out we were moving, I was like, cool, no more winter. And then, and flash forward three years and I'm done with it. I want my snow back. <laughs> yeah. So Jason tells her that she's named after something beautiful and it's fitting which leads us into this really cute and kind of heartbreaking conversation about if she's beautiful or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes me, uh, it's so beautiful, but it's so sad the way that they talk about it. Like uh, him saying like, well, you don't need me to tell you that you're beautiful. Everybody else tells you that. Why do you need me to say it? And it's like, well, because your opinion actually matters. Yeah, man. Do you not see that? He says, everyone knows how I feel about you. I don't. And like, he never like out. He he, like doesn't outright say it. (laughs) I I know, but it's it's there. This is where he reminds me of my husband. My husband never says that stuff. It just, we talked before about like how my husband assumed that I knew we were getting married and stuff. (laughs) <laughs> he also he also never said I love you. He just assumed that if, if he assumed this he's get, I'm getting daggers, but it's true and you know it. He assumed <laughs> that because we were getting married, I knew that he loved me because why would he marry someone he didn't love? I that's just But he never so actually funny. said he never actually said I love you. <laughs> And I called him out on it. Like a month before we got married, I called him out on it. Because I say that stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, And like a month before we got married, I called him out on it. And he was like, 
what are you talking about? And I was like, you've never said that you love me. And he's like, why would I marry someone I don't love? That's stupid. <laughs> that was the first time. And if you, he, he's nodding his head right now. If you ask him, that is the first time he told me he loved me. Was that little exchange. That's so funny. It's very innocent. He's so weird. <laughs> what? I mean, everyone has their oh, own yeah. ways, I okay. guess. <laughs> I'm being told to tell the whole story. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I will tell you sit down. I, you don't have a microphone. He actually told me the words, I love you during our wedding vows, which according to him was a plan all along because he wanted it to be like a big special moment that was really romantic. So, I don't know. Judge us how you will. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like that's kind of how Jason is. Jason is like, you know I love you. Everybody knows I like... No one can pretend otherwise, okay? It's pretty obvious. I don't have to say it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, everyone has their own thing, you know? Right? Right? Everybody has their own (laughs) way of communicating. I just never heard that before, and I think that's so funny. (laughs) You're going to be, like, so grateful for everything your partner does now. You're going to be like, man, (laughs) I thought boys, I thought my partner wasn't uh, in touch with their emotions, but Bethany's husband has really got to. <laughs> y'all are still together, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Been, been married eight years now. <laughs> See? Uh, he's very different now. Over the years, he's become a lot more open um, with mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But uh, honestly, what changed it for us was he got deployed for um about nine months and that was a big shift for him it was very difficult he was surprised by how difficult it was um and then ever since he got back he's like more open and honest about that stuff now so I have that deployment to thank for that (laughs) well that's nice yay I do like the part where Winter, I, I think I'll just go ahead and read it, where she says she would die for him. Oh. <laughs> I do know how you feel about me. I know that you are my guard and you are my best friend. I know that you would die for me. And I know that should that ever happen, I would die immediately after. Oh, It's just like, it's like, um, I guess... Johnny Cash died. Was it, wait, who died first? I think it was June Carter died. And then he died like very, very shortly after. Um, my husband's grandparents were like that. His grandpa Marcel died. And then within days, uh, oh. Phyllis died. And she was, uh, she wasn't even sick or unhealthy. We thought we had quite a few years left with her. Oh, it, it happens, you know, someone becomes yeah. your whole world and, um, it takes like a toll you on you. Do. Losing someone takes a toll on you. Yeah. It's like literally, I guess, like a part of your heart kind of just goes. So I have, um, well, several uncles, but my, my uncle JC, when he was 16, he got hit by a drunk driver and he was paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my uncle, he was a paraplegic and my uncle Kevin spent his whole life. So 30, 30, 30, 32 years, I think, taking care. No, wait, 
one, two, 28 years taking care of my um, Uncle JC. And my Uncle JC ended up passing away. He bled out right in front of my Uncle Kevin. And within two months, my Uncle Kevin had a heart attack and died, even though he was only 38 years old. Holy smokes. And the doctors were a thousand percent convinced that it was the trauma of losing that person that he devoted his whole life to um, that that caused such a severe reaction from him. Wow. That's crazy. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. 38 years old. None of us were expecting it. Um, and and but but that does happen. It, it does happen. I know that they make mm-hmm. like dramatic episodes about it on Scrubs and Grey's Anatomy, but it is real. It's a phenomenon you can research if you're bored yeah. one day and feel like going down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a level of devotion that Scarlet and Wolf have. Yeah, exactly. I, I yeah, because they're both they're alphas or um wait he's there he she oh my gosh <laughs> they're each other's alphas they're each other's alphas there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they're alpha mates instead of soul mates yeah and like <laughs> i can totally see that would happen with them yeah so after this exchange three little children approach and i mean this takes a couple of pages but basically they give her a crown of flowers, which makes Jason very grumpy. So grumpy that he rips the crown off her head, shoves it in the basket, and tells the children to GTFO, then threatens to rip the crown into shreds. Ugh. Now, do you think he's overreacting? Because that's what Winter says. Yes and no, because I kind of believe him that the stuff there could have had like microphones or whatever or cameras, but that's just my little like s- superstition, I guess with it. Yeah. I think for me, the first time I read it, I was like, what's the big deal? Princesses wear crowns all the time. No yeah. princesses wear tiaras and there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Politically, there's a difference. One that didn't occur to me, but luckily Jason is paying attention. Cause he's like, if you don't want to be a queen, you don't need to wear a crown. Yeah, I I agree with him. Like, maybe he didn't have to be that aggressive or whatever, you know. Right. But um, but he wouldn't be Jason if he handled things calmly and rationally. Right? <laughs> That's so uncharacteristic of him. <laughs> I know. So um, after that, Winter gets mad and huffs away and walks ahead of him just like a true princess <laughs> would walk ahead of her guard. Um, and that's the yeah. end of uh, this little chapter. So what was your uh, song for this one? My song for this one, um, it's called This Heart I Know. Um, I have to like think of it again. Wait, this heart I know. Oh, yeah. It I always like love a- lyrics because as soon as I talk about it, all the lyrics I know fall out of my head. Yeah. So basically <laughs> it's just kind of like a – like a song to like, I don't know, relax and sit beside me, my dear. Um, but the song is like, uh, got, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a song you would sit in Ireland or something and you're looking at the waves and it's like, just, just relax and zip with me. And like, you know, 
kind of like what they were doing, like walking beside each other. Yeah. I think that's how it, yeah. So it's it's just like stay with me. Like we'll be fine. We'll get through this. That is um, sweet. There is I wasn't a, familiar a with that song. I had to look it up and I do think it's a it's a cute little song. Yeah. And there's a line it said, um well there's a couple. It's like stay with me before I go. Um where's the other one? Oh, don't take from me this heart I know. And then, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a cute song. It is a cute song. So I chose I Want It That Way by Backstreet Boys and went old school. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I was a Backstreet Boy girl, not an insane girl, and I stand by that choice every day. I love them. <laughs> and um, I thought of this song immediately because it's kind of how Jason is with Winter. You are my fire, the one desire. Believe when I say that I want it that way. We are two worlds apart. I can't reach to your heart. Um, I just, I just love it. It's all about like hidden, hidden feelings and emotions, and like you know yeah. I love you, but I just can't say it. And oh, I love that song. And I feel like that's Jason right now. Jason is like, look, you know how I feel about you. I shouldn't have to say it out loud, especially when that could get us both in trouble. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And as unromantic as that is, it is honest. I agree. And, like, he's just – because he didn't have to be her guard. Like, he could have been placed somewhere else. So it's like he's just protecting the both of them. Right. So what was your quote for this one? Um, Mine was when uh, Jason was telling her about the snow. So she was staring at him like she would tackle him if he didn't offer up more details. And I thought that was just so cute because she's just so, like, she's so eager to learn about what snow looks like or feels like and smells like. And I just thought that was really cute. It makes me, like, wish that we could get her, like, a snow cone or one of those snow machines or something. Yeah. I'm sure she would love that. (laughs) (laughs) So mine was, there were times when she stood so close that he was amazed at his own at his own ability to keep his hands to himself. <laughs> I love that we get Jason's inner monologue because we get to know all of the things that he's too afraid to say out loud. Um, I'd be so upset if we did that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just, ugh, I love that he may pretend to be immune to her her beauty and her charms and her wily ways, but he is more victim than anyone else. A thousand percent. Please remember that Prince Kai Fan Pod is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Patreon allows you to get extra perks and behind-the-scenes bonuses for only $1 a month. If you can't join Patreon but would still like to show your support because you just love the show so much, head over to coffee.com slash princekaifampod. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash princekaifampod and leave a one-time only tip. Your support will help me bring you more TLC and Marissa Meyer content that you know and love. Now, let's get back to the episode. This week there were four Easter eggs. The bonus word... Hair appeared twice, and we have the return of gloves. Next week, we are going to cover chapters 14 and 15. 
Jen, tell us about Books and Bones podcast and where everyone can find you on social media and find your episodes. Okay. Um, well, um, our podcast is about book to film adaptations. So we'll read, we read the book and then we watch the movie and then we talk about it. Uh, we've kind of just taken a little bit of a hiatus right now, but you can find us on Instagram. I, what is my handle on Instagram? <laughs> that would be good. You were- Books and Bones podcast. <laughs> and you just said it. Yes. So. Yes, Miss Social Media Coordinator. I know. <laughs> what is your what is your handle on Instagram? <laughs> Books and Bones Podcast. That's so sad. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. And like we did an episode together. We did Pride and Prejudice. So that was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. And it was so much fun. Could talk about that book more. forever. Yeah, I've I always have something new to say about it, so I know. <laughs> well, I also just read um Pride and Premeditation a few months ago and it was amazing, so I highly recommend. Mhm. Yes, that one's really good too. Yeah, I loved it. I I I was so surprised by how much I liked it, but it was phenomenal. <laughs> I need more. So big thank you for uh, being here. Everyone, please go check out their podcast. You can check out the episode I was on, but you should check out all the episodes too. Um, follow Prince Kai Fan Pod, rate, review, and subscribe. Sign up for Patreon. All of the things that are super supportive and appreciated. Uh, don't forget, if you want to pre-order Gilded, make sure that you submit your receipt to Fear Street so you can get those free bonus con material thingies that we all love so much. Um, and that's it. Maybe, an, a may, you know, maybe between now and the next time I'll, I record, I will have my together and I won't be so all over the place. <laughs> Story of my we'll life. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> um, keep reading, keep listening. And until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. The passages read for you today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. The clip you heard was from the television show Friends, a Warner Brothers production. This episode was edited and hosted by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Jen from Books and Bones podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening.